Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. I know you're paying attention to global events. Wars bubbling up everywhere. Countries are buying and hoarding mass amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our heads in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Some rough economic numbers. We apparently have a ministry of truth now in this country. And Dinesh D'Souza, packed night on I'm Right. Welcome to I'm Right. It's time to talk about the system. You know... There's something fascinating about corrupt regimes. And this is what I mean. It's not wonderful to live under one, as we do now, but there is something fascinating about them when you look at them from a historical perspective. Because, you know, I love history, and I'm always reading about how this government fell, and that government fell, and this empire went down. And one thing is almost universal. In fact, I would say it probably is universal with all of them. When they get to the phase where we're currently at, where everyone knows it's corrupt, everybody, it's one of those things that's naked. It's just laid bare before everyone. Everyone can see it. Before there are ever any reforms, and most of the time there are never reforms, but before that step ever happens, they they make lying simply part of government life. They institutionalize lying. And they outlaw the truth. This is universal. This happens forever. Joe Biden 
Well, Joe Biden came out and said something yesterday, and there's a word out there, chutzpah, I think is how you say the word, but Joe Biden talking about the abuse of power is really something to behold. I got into politics, involved in politics, because I think the greatest sin that anyone can commit is the abuse of power. The greatest sin anyone can commit is his abuse of power. I'm going to talk about Hunter Biden and Joe here in just a moment, but before I even get to that, the abuse of power. Well, as President of the United States, you are the de facto head of the Department of Homeland Security. You know, that department George Bush formed to try to gather all the government agencies together so they can cross-communicate and defend the country. Even Border Patrol's under there. Defend the country. That's what they do. That's what they do. Would you like to hear their newest project down there at the Department of Homeland Security? Would you like to hear the newest mission they have to ensure America is safe? Well, here it is. Can you share what steps you've taken and what future plans you have to address Spanish language mis- and disinformation through department-wide approach? Our Office of Policy, Office of Planning, Policy, and Strategy um, also uh, is a leading effort. Uh, uh, our Undersecretary uh, for Policy, Rob Silvers, is co-chair uh, with our Principal Deputy General Counsel, Jennifer Daskal, in um, leading a just recently constituted uh, misinformation, disinformation governance board. I'm sorry? Maybe, maybe I didn't hear that right. A disinformation governance board. That's interesting. The person who, ch who was just chosen to head the disinformation government board is a person who pushed the Hunter Biden laptop Russian disinformation conspiracy back in 2020. Pushed it hard. Well-established record of saying disinformation, Russia, Russia. So the new head of America's version of the Ministry of Truth, worried about disinformation, is somebody who specializes in pushing disinformation. Do you see what I mean? We have institu institutionalized lying now in the country, and we now have the banning of telling the truth. It's everywhere. And speaking of Hunter Biden, let's talk about Hunter Biden. Talk about abuse of power. We now have, well, we now know Hunter Biden's longtime business partner visited the White House 27 times while Joe Biden was vice president. And before we go any further, we have to pause for a moment and talk about this. Because I feel like we all gloss over this fact, and you know it, but it's just we don't verbalize it enough. So let's talk about this. Why would Hunter Biden's business partners want access to Joe Biden? Whether he's a senator or vice president, why would you want access to Joe Biden? Well, let's follow this to its logical conclusion. They don't want access to Joe Biden because of Joe Biden's money. I mean, obviously, he's well off as a senator, made over $100,000 a year as vice president. I don't know what they make. I think it's about 300 and change. So he's okay, but you're not going to have a bunch of Chinese billionaires knocking on Joe Biden's door for Joe Biden bucks. Joe Biden doesn't have any bucks. So why, why all the tie-ins with Hunter? Why are they going after Joe? Because Joe Biden's corruption is with your money. You see, 
They all want access to Joe, whether he's a senator, vice president, president, because Joe Biden is going to hand out your money in one way or another. We don't break it down like that often, do we? Yes, the Biden family is disgusting. Yes, they're a crime family. They're corrupt as all get out, and they're corrupt with your money. You went to work today and worked your fingers to the bone so Joe Biden could take the money you send the government and hand it to his son's scummy business partners to enrich himself. That's how nakedly corrupt we are. And that's not some no-name congressman. That's the president of the United States of America. And it is weird, by the way, that we now know 27 visits from Hunter Biden's business partner because every time Joe Biden's been asked about this, he denies it. I've never spoken to my son about his own And so how do you know? Let's talk about, here's what I know. I know Trump deserves to be investigated. Do you stand by your statement that you did not discuss any of your son's overseas business? Yes, I stand by that statement. I never discussed a single thing with my son about anything having to do with Ukraine. No one has indicated I have. We've always kept everything separate. Even when my son was the attorney general of the state of Delaware, we never discussed anything. So there'd be no potential conflict. Hmm. No potential conflict. That is weird because that position seemed to change yesterday in light of some actual reporting being done on these visits in this country. Now, well, listen to the new lie they're going with. Does the president still maintain that he never spoke with his son about his business dealings? And given this reporting on Eric Schwerin, does he also say that he has never spoken to his son's business partners about his son's business dealings? Uh, he maintains uh, his same statements that he's made in the past. Uh, I would say I know you're referring to uh, Waves records that were released more than 10 years ago. I really don't have uh, more detail or information on them. I'd note that there was a gap when Waves records were not released, uh, but I don't have more information about visits from more than 10 years ago. Good. Okay, hold on. What? Son, uh, there's a glass of spilled milk in the kitchen. Did you do that? Uh, look, I don't know about anything that happened 10 minutes ago. Length of time doesn't change the corruption for one, for two, 10 years ago, we're talking about 2016. Now, I went to community college, but let's see, carry the one. That doesn't seem like it was 10 years ago at all. And another thing, what is it with this administration and feeling like the passage of time somehow absolves them of all their wrongdoing? Remember, this sounds exactly like what Joe Biden tried to pull after he embarrassed us in front of the entire world in Afghanistan. Remember when he got asked about it and he's like, wow, it's like three or four days ago. But we've all seen the pictures. We've seen those hundreds of people packed into a C-17. We've seen Afghans falling. That was four days ago, five days ago. What did you think when you first saw those pictures? And he's indignant about it. That was four or five days ago. What? And I'll be honest, it doesn't seem like it's working this time. And I'm sure that has a lot to do with low approval numbers. You will remember I have a theory, just a theory, that I think the Democrats are going to run Joe Biden out of office after the midterms. I think he's become a liability. You can't run from a lot of this stuff. He's unpopular. New York Post has an email that shows Joe Biden covered more than eight hundred thousand dollars in bills racked up by hunter biden part of that was legal be legal fees so yes joe biden is knee deep involved in his son's business do you oftentimes hand out eight hundred thousand dollars to people without asking or knowing exactly what it's about 
Are we really supposed to believe Hunter Biden? Hey, Dad, are you in there? Could, could you just slip 800 grand out of the door, Dad? No, don't worry, it's fine. And he never asked any questions? Come on. To, to quote Joe Biden, come on, man. I don't think we're going to believe that. And recently, the Daily Mail, not exactly a tiny publication, did a deep dive into Joe Biden himself's finances. $5.2 million. Have you ever misplaced a 20? You probably have. Well, Joe Biden misplaced $5.2 million. When I say misplaced, you see you have to declare all your income, all your stocks and bonds and all your, all your assets. You have to declare all this when you're in the federal government. Definitely Congress, Senate, Presidency. And Joe Biden did that, but just, whoop, whoopsie, he forgot $5.2 million. Now, let me ask you something. Why would you not disclose $5.2 million? What possible reason could you have for that? What's the big deal? Unless, of course, it was gained through nefarious ways. We all know what's going on. Joe Biden's really worried about the abuse of power, says that's the worst thing in the world. Do we again have to point out about his loser son? Hunter Biden does not have a single solitary skill that is marketable, not one. He's a drugged out loser, always has been, always will be. Okay, whatever, he's got some personal problems. Yet the guy gets jobs with foreign companies that pay him over $80,000 a month. That's more in a month than most people will ever make in a single year in their lifetime. And Joe Biden's loser son got that. Again, back to what I just talked about a couple minutes ago. Why? Why would that be? What does it gain some Ukrainian company to pay Hunter Biden to do nothing? Well, of course, you're going to say, well, they gain access to Joe. Yeah, but what's access to? Well, access to Joe means they gain access to your money your taxpayer money. And so you're gonna have to excuse me if I don't see things like this and say to myself, hold on now, that smells. We've almost exhausted what we call the fancy phrase, the drawdown authority that Congress authorized Ukraine, authorized Ukraine in a bipartisan spending bill last month. Basically, we're out of money. And so that's why today, in order to sustain Ukraine as it, as it continues to fight, I'm sending Congress a supplemental budget request. $33 billion. Okay, maybe you're all about that for Ukraine, but again, we're filtering this money through this man's hands, the man who has made abuse of power an art form. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. Look, we're all about to get uncomfortable if these GDP numbers keep up. We have some ugly numbers. We're going to talk about that in a moment. Well, look, you know what? Speaking of that, we know inflation is coming. I mean, it's already here, but there's more coming. I'm sorry. I don't like saying that. I know that's a bit of a Debbie Downer. It is. I know you feel it at the grocery store. I know you feel it when you buy meat. What if I could help you out with that? What if there was a company, an American company, that buys American meat, top beef, oh, pre-marinated chicken that you've got to try, seafood, excellent prices, and you could lock in your meat prices. Lock them in. You don't ever have to experience another meat price increase. That's what they give you at Good Ranchers. One, this is again a patriotic American company. Two, 
they believe in not taking people to the cleaners. Go to goodranchers.com slash jesse. That'll get you $30 off initially, and you can sign up and lock in your meat prices. We all need that right now. Goodranchers.com slash jesse. We'll be back. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. I think we're, what you're seeing is enormous growth in the country that was affected by everything from COVID and the COVID blockages that we occurred along the way. Nailed it. <laughs> Not so much. Uh, growth, maybe I need to get some glasses because uh, the news of the day, I'm reading it right here, the GDP is down 1.4% in the first quarter. Just so you know, if it does that again this next quarter, the quarter we're in, that's officially a recession. So as the plane is zooming into the side of the mountain, Joe Biden is getting on the intercom, letting you know we got some friendly skies out here. Kick back and relax. Enjoy the peanuts. No, um, we're actually in very, very, very deep trouble. And I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer, but we do have to acknowledge where we are. We're in deep trouble, not just because of where we are financially in the country, not just because of where we are economically, but because these people are still in charge. And that's actually not me for once trying to insult them. These people are insane, they're morons, they're trying to destroy the country, they have no idea how to bring the country back from economic collapse, and even if they did have any idea, they wouldn't do it because they don't care. That's really, honestly, if I had to pick one thing that I think is the trademark of the Biden administration, it's how cold and uncaring it's been. They just don't care. The lasting image of the Biden administration for me is when the 13 dead warriors came back from Afghanistan and the, he went to meet the families at a you know, somber ceremony and Joe Biden was seen checking his watch and the family members said he did it several times. That's the hallmark. They don't care about the recession. They don't care about anything because they don't care about you. Shoot, we are in dire economic straits right now. What's the White House doing? They're asking for more money vaccines that we have developed, these are the key essential tools that we're going to need to get through the rest of this pandemic. All of this requires funding from Congress. So far, Congress has not stepped up to provide the funds that are needed for our most urgent needs. Now, I know they were off on a two-week recess. They are back. I'm looking forward to working with Congress. We all are to get the funding needs of the American people met on this, uh, on the issue of COVID. We need more funding? I, I, I'm sorry, let's just have an honest conversation here. This is Republicans and Democrats, but the spending in this country, 
because it has always been this way for your entire life, for my entire life, we assume it was always going to be this way where you can spend vast sums of money more than you're taking in without end. But trees don't grow to the sky. That's an old term investors use, and it definitely applies when it comes to the national debt. You cannot do this without end. You simply can't. And when it comes to COVID, by the way, why are they even asking for more money? Even doom and gloom, Dr. Doom, Dr. Fauci got out there and said, ah, the pandemic's kind of over. We are certainly right now in this country out of the pandemic phase. Namely, we don't have 900,000 new infections a day and tens and tens and tens of thousands of hospitalizations and thousands of deaths. We are at a low level right now. So if you're saying, are we out of the pandemic phase in this country? We are. That's exciting, right? Good news. Woohoo! Except Jen Psaki doesn't agree. So there's no question that we're in a moment, a different moment in our fight against COVID. But we also know COVID isn't over and the pandemic isn't over. COVID isn't over and the pandemic isn't over. Now, let me ask you something. It's just, it's, look, it's just you and me talking here. Let me ask you something. You're the Biden administration. All partisan politics aside, you're the Biden administration. You are not popular. Believe me. They read poll numbers, they, new poll numbers come in every day, and they show that the Biden administration is not popular at all. The American people are sick of all this. There's most likely going to be a Republican wave in November, maybe unlike anything you've ever seen, anything I've ever seen before. So you know that, right? You're sitting there, you're the Biden administration. Again, remember, you're the Biden administration, so you don't have any care of the American people. You'd like to hang on to power, though. And you sit around the table, and you're trying to figure out how, how do we hold on to power? How do we fix this? How do we, how do we make the American people like us again? So why would you try to hang on to an unpopular pandemic, unpopular lockdown authority, when you're already not popular and need to get more popular? It doesn't make sense, does it? Well, it does if you realize these people are trying to hang on to control so they have a way to manipulate you and the rest of America into voting for them again. Maybe that means a lot more mail-in voting. Maybe that means they want the authority to lock you in your house again and tell you you're not essential. What I do know is communists don't give back power for any reason, not when they're unpopular, not for any reason whatsoever. Communists don't give back power. It has to be taken from them. So listen, moving forward, I, I brought this up before. We're going to move on. We have a lot more to talk about. Brian Dean Wright joins us next. Moving forward, Democrats are not just going to lay down and take a beating in 2022. They do have plans. They do. We better keep our eyes on them. All right. Brian Dean Wright joins us in just a moment. Before we get to Brian, though, let's talk about your financial well-being if you own a home. You see, if you own a home, you have a home title, and your home title is online. I know that's kind of new. I, I was surprised by it when I found out. To be honest, I didn't know, but all the home titles are online now. They're all out there in the cloud, which means they can all be hacked, and they're hacking them a lot. The FBI is gravely worried about this crime. It's sweeping the United States of America. They hack into them, forge your signature on it, take a loan or loans, sometimes four, out against your home. 
they take off with the money, you start getting late notices, eviction notices in the mail, and they will evict you from your home. Go get Home Title Lock right now so it doesn't happen to you. HomeTitleLock.com. Sign up today, all right? HomeTitleLock.com. We'll be back. You know, when you do TV and radio for a living, one, that makes you more important than other people. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But when you do what I do for a living, I get people asking me all the time, hey, where do you get your information? Where do you get your news? There is one part of my day that I do every single day, no matter what. Because I have a bunch of different websites, but I have about a 20-minute drive to work every day. I, lis- I listen to the President's Daily Brief. Brian Dean Wright, he's coming on here in a second, put it out. It is so concise The details are outstanding. It brings me up to date on the news of the day, how I can think about these things. And again, it's not four hours long. Not that I have anything against a four-hour podcast. On my drive from the work to the studio, I get boned up on the day, every single day. So I highly recommend it. The President's Daily Brief. Joining me now, Brian Dean Wright, who opened up today's talking about Fauci declaring the pandemic to be over, Brian? I've, I've, maybe, I, maybe I need to fix the speakers in my car. Did I hear that right? No, you, you got it right, friend. Uh, the pandemic is over. Fauci has announced that that's true. Most of us have been living like that was true regardless. But nevertheless, he's saying that, that basically cases and hospitalization counts are, are so low that the pandemic is effectively over. But what's really interesting, of course, now that he's walking that back, the White House is walking that back a bit, but the bottom line is he actually said something very, very interesting. He said, in addition to the fact that the pandemic is over, he's not going to go to a big fancy party this weekend because he did an assessment of his own personal health risks. And he decided that being in an enclosed space for that long wasn't appropriate for him. And I think that there's a lot of really important wisdom in that, right? Put aside the fact that, that he's you know four times boosted and, and vaccinated and all that and perhaps doesn't have a strong degree of faith in the vaccines. Put that aside. Instead, he is doing what most of us have been doing, in fact, should do, which is assess our own individual risk. It's our body, our risk, and our choice. So if Fauci at age 81 doesn't want to go to a party with lots of other snot-nosed people, that's fine. He shouldn't. He doesn't have to. But the whole point is that so many Americans have been thrown out of jobs and have, have lost friendships over this exact same idea. So let's adopt the Fauci standard, all right? Your body, your risk, your choice. Brian, I have to ask, why didn't we do that from the beginning? And I really, I understand that's a complicated answer, and I just threw just a a 10,000-pound bowling ball in your lap, but why from the beginning was that not America's policy? Step up, there's a deadly virus, we're going to dig into it, you make your own individual choices. That almost sounds like, what's that word? Freedom. Yeah, it sort of sounds like uh, the Constitution and, and, and America. Yeah, look, I think in the first three or four months, most reasonable people have said, look, we have a novel virus, never been inside the the human body before. Let's have a fair degree of caution about this. Exactly what that looks like, we're not sure. But we we had the data in March and April of 2020 that showed that this thing was not smallpox, uh, that that, we we had a fatality rate of less than 1%, that, that the vast majority of people who were hospitalized were age 65 and up or obese. We had that data. But why Fauci and why others didn't actually raise the flag and say, all right, let's calm the waters here. I think that that's what we have to to have a congressional investigation of. We have to figure out why that didn't occur and why we ran with so many 
basically conspiracy theories or, or panic, really, at the end of the day. And I think part of that answer there is media, but it's also the public health officials. They failed us. They did fail us. And our elected representatives failed us. And it just, it seems like a big ball of failure. Speaking of a big ball of failure, Rear, Rear, Rear Admiral Buttigieg went on Fox News and had this to say. You just told me you're going to the White House Correspondents' Dinner. The president's going to the White House Correspondents' Dinner. You're not mandated to wear a mask there. But the administration at the same time is fighting a lawsuit to mandate people on planes, trains, and automobiles, or trains and buses to wear masks. So, like, if you're sitting at home, there's a disconnect here. Well, I think uh, most of us understand the difference between a hotel ballroom and an airplane. And uh, again, a lot of this is about what authorities the CDC has. So even if they don't think we need it at all, they'd still want to make sure that we get clarity in court on the legalities of it. A lot of this is about the CDC. Brian, this sure seems like they're only interested in keeping power in the hands of the federal government. There it is. There it is, sir. It's a bunch of folks in Washington, D.C., who think that they know what's best for the country and they're gonna act on it, irrespective of what the actual science says or what common sense says. They have power and they wanna keep it. That becomes very addicting. By the way, this is also true in the CIA. Some of my colleagues got caught up in this and still do. NSA and the FBI. What happens when people get power is they, they, they like it uh, and they don't wanna give it up. And so I think that what you're hearing from people like Mr. Buttigieg and people like Fauci and others, they like that power and they wanna keep it. Speaking of power, something that staggers me, I mean, I'm not surprised, it's still staggering. I don't know if that makes sense. We, after what China did, we now actually import more from China than we did before the pandemic. That is an amazing thing. And there's something else amazing going on with China. You talked about it on the podcast today. What is it? Yeah. A couple of years ago, President Trump signed a deal where the Chinese said, all right, all right, we've been stealing your stuff in terms of intellectual property. We'll knock that off. All right, two years later, the U.S. Trade Rep's office released a report saying, actually, they're still stealing our stuff. Nobody should really be surprised by that because both Clinton and then Bush and Obama and Trump, they've all tried to get the Chinese to stop stealing our intellectual property, but, but nobody's actually held their feet to the fire and they keep doing it. So it, what's really frustrating, I think the, the reason why people should think about this story and care about this story, when our intellectual property is stolen, it's $600 billion worth a year, by the way. That means that American factories don't get built. That means American production lines don't create as many products. And that means fewer jobs. That means less hours available for factory workers, less overtime for factory workers. So this isn't some sort of academic sort of concern. This is a really big deal. When those hundreds of billions of dollars are stolen every year from this country, it means our ingenuity, our economy suffers. You suffer, workers suffer. That's why we should care. The, the issue, the, the frustration I think a lot of us feel is, well then if we know this, why in the hell aren't our leaders doing much of anything about it? We've been talking about it for 20 years. Or the solutions? That's the issue and that's what has to change. The American people have to get angry enough about it to say leaders do something about it. And elections is when you put your foot or their feet to the fire. That's how it happens. Brian, I hesitate to even bring it up, but I'm assuming part of the hesitancy to actually do something about it would mean China would do something back to us in return. Do I have that right? And if I do, what would it be? Well, yes is the short answer, but the medium to long-term answer is irrespective of what China wants to do to us, we have to be in a position where we don't care, right? Where our economy yeah. doesn't suffer 
because of whatever China does. That means we need to start doing something called onshoring or nearshoring. It basically means take the capacity that we've shipped away for the past 20 years and either bring it back to the United States, that's onshoring, or nearshoring to places like Mexico or somewhere in Central America that also, by the way, could potentially address some of our immigration issues by building up some of those economies, right? So th the point is, lots of smart people can disagree exactly how we do it, but the bottom line is, <clears throat> pardon me, get this out of China, bring our factories and our ingenuity back to this country. Brian, we apparently have a ministry of truth now in our country focusing on disinformation out there. We, we played a little clip earlier in the show with Mayorkas discussing it and the nutball who's currently in charge of it or going to be in charge of it, I guess. Brian, what are the actual facts on this thing? Right. So what we're hearing very clearly is that the administration is concerned about disinformation. By the way, it's very fascinating. We're also hearing the same idea or concern from Obama and Hillary Clinton last week, both of them weighing in on this issue. So we've got a timing concern here that seems very fascinating. Lots of folks on the left right now are very concerned suddenly about disinformation. All right, so this new Ministry of Truth, that's a governance board in the Department of Homeland Security is looking at two specific issues, Russia and illegal immigration, which is really fascinating, isn't it? Because Joe Biden said, the greatest threat to this country is white supremacy. Now, if that's true, which I don't think it is, but nevertheless, if that were to be true, wouldn't this new effort in the Department of Homeland Security be focused on white supremacy and the issues of disinformation and misinformation around white supremacy? One would think so, but that's not. That's not what they're focused on, Russia and illegal immigration. Interestingly enough, those are also the two categories uh, where the president, that is Joe Biden, pulls very terribly. So isn't it fascinating that Joe Biden wants to control or shape the information, the facts, public opinion, on the two issues where he polls the worst right before the midterm elections? That's what I think is fascinating that we should be talking about. And I think most of us see precisely where this thing leads. And it's not a good place. Well, now you know why I listen to the president's daily brief every day. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate it, man. Always, brother. All right. 2,000 mules. It's a movie coming out by Dinesh D'Souza next week. What's it about? It's about cattle ranching? No, it's not. It's about election fraud, and we're going to talk to Dinesh, Dinesh about that next. But first, I have an email. I'm reading it on the air. The email says, Jesse, I just wanted to tell you and your listeners that the Eden Pure is the real thing. It's not a gimmick. I have this closet in my house that has smelled for years and years. I've done everything, washed the wall, replaced the carpet, cleaned the air ducts. Nothing worked except Eden Pure. Seriously, he says with an exclamation point. I plugged in one of the three units, and within 30 minutes, no joke, uh, the smell was gone. And I don't just mean covered up. The smell was gone. It truly smelled like nothing. It was like a thunderstorm just passed through. It really does live up to its name. Thank you for advertising a great product. When I tell you about the Eden Pure Thunderstorm, honestly, I may just start reading the emails I get every single day about it from now on. Go get yourself three of them. They have a three-pack for sale right now for my viewers. EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE, gets you that three-pack for $200 off. EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE. We'll be back. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive 
voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. Let me say it again. The 2020 election was the most secure election in American history. Without free and fair elections, we are not a democracy. We are a criminal cartel masquerading as a democracy. 2,000 mules. Joining me now, the man responsible for that film. I actually get to go watch it with him next week, Dinesh D'Souza. Dinesh, okay, first of all, 2,000 mules. Are you talking about livestock? <laughs> Not at all. So the term mule, as you know, is used in um, drug trafficking. It's used in sex trafficking. Uh, but here we're talking about ballot trafficking. So who, who is a mule? It's a professional paid operative that is hired to deliver fraudulent votes to multiple mail-in drop boxes. And we've identified at least 2,000. The actual number of mules is much greater. But let's start with the 2,000 mules who I believe by themselves um, had enough fraud to tip the 2020 election. Paid. Paid by whom? This is where it gets so complicated all the time. Who's stroking the checks to these people to commit fraud? Well, these guys are hired operatives, and a lot of them are Antifa BLM types. You'll see why wow. this, is not, this is not rhetoric on my part. In fact, you'll see the care that has gone into this movie. True the Vote, the research organization that provided the research support for this movie, what they did was they matched riot databases with the cell phone geo-tracking of the mules to find the degree of overlap between the mules that are doing the ballot trafficking and people who actually participated in violent Antifa and BLM riots in the months leading up to the 2020 election. Daggone, that is fascinating. I cannot wait to watch this movie. Okay, Dinesh, so just, again, you have to break this down because I'm an idiot for me. It sounds like the same people who were torching America's cities mobilized themselves to commit fraud. So do we have some underground group of criminals working on behalf of the Democratic Party in this country? Yes, we certainly do. Now, some of these guys might be looking at it ideologically. Some of these other guys may just be doing it for the money. Uh, according to whistleblowers and other reports, these guys get paid $10 a ballot. So think about it. If you're a mule, you, make a, you go to 40 drop boxes, you're dropping somewhere between three to eight ballots in any given, at every given stop. Uh, that's a decent amount of money for you to make in just a few, uh, one night or a few nights work. Typically, by the way, these mules are operating between like 1 a.m. and 4 a.m. in the morning, which right there tells you that this is highly suspicious activity. Yes, I often find myself wandering the sidewalks by the ballots at 1 and 4 a.m. on election night. I can certainly understand there's a great explanation for that. All right, Dinesh, it says it's going, this film is going to uncover the truth about 2020, and I'm sure it will. In your own words, what is the truth about 2020? Well, let me qualify this a little bit because there are allegations of many types of fraud and we don't try to look at most of them. So someone goes, you know, Dinesh, what do you think about Lindell and the idea of the Chinese hacking the election? Do you think machines are capable of switching votes? And my answer to all that is, I don't know. Uh, what we do in this movie is we zoom into one type of fraud. It happens to be, by the way, very old school fraud. I mean, the Democrats are the party of election fraud and going back to the 19th century, Tammany Hall, immigrants would come off the boat, Democrats 
Democrats would meet them at the pier. Hey, listen, sign here. This is a request for a ballot. Don't worry, we'll fill out the ballot and send it in for you. I mean, this has been going on for a long time. What made the 2020 election unique was that the sort of absentee or mail-in ballots, which were previously a small portion of the overall vote, now became huge. And so the fraudsters realized that they could really up the ante. And so what you have in 2020 is not minuscule or episodic fraud, but coordinated and giant fraud, which is in many cases quite enough to tip the balance in a swing state. Dinesh, just focusing on, on again, the portion of it that you've been digging into, because you're clearly the expert on this now, uh, are we dealing with a national organization, in your opinion, of who's pulling all these people together? Or is just this uh, just a simple, hey, Philadelphia has a corrupt machine and they're going to do it. And uh, Chicago has a corrupt machine and they're going to do it. Is it just individual cells? Or do you actually think there's some kind of national coordination? Well, I think you actually use the critical word, um, coordination, because coordination is not the same as a conspiracy, right? So if eight people rob eight different banks in eight different states, there could be a single Don Corleone who's telling them all to do it. But it could also be that you've got a pretty elaborate and decentralized bank robbery operation. And those guys, what they do is they specialize in robbing banks. And so they coordinate with one another. What you see here when you look closely is there's a lot of coordination. Mark Zuckerberg had to step in and say, hey, guys, if you don't install mail-in drop boxes, I'm not going to give you any money. So he was part of that. No mail-in drop boxes, nowhere for the mules to go. Right. So Mark Elias and other lawyers file lawsuits. They want to block the cleaning up the voter rolls. They don't like the signature requirements. They want to make those they want to loosen up the signature requirements. So many things enabled the fraud. And some people like Molly Hemingway have written very well about this. What makes the movie unique is it doesn't just talk about what could happen. It shows you what did happen, and, and it's got a good bit of it on video. So you can see the criminals in the act. I think it ultimately makes, it blows out of the water this notion it was the most secure election in history. It demonstrably, manifestly, definitively was not. Which leads me to this. Here's our Department of Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas with some interesting things to say. We are seeing a rise in misinformation and disinformation. Uh, that is um, uh, attempting to strike at the integrity of the election system. We have so many different efforts underway to equip local communities uh, to identify individuals who very well could be descending into violence uh, by reason of ideologies of hate, false narratives, or, or other um, disinformation and misinformation propagated on social media and other platforms. <laughs> Dinesh, why do we have all this information on video, as you have pointed out? We know these things happen, and yet the federal government seems awfully committed to shutting all these people up. Right, and, they, and they've been committed to this ever since the election itself. I mean, why would you need a massive wall of digital censorship? Uh, if you didn't have anything to hide. I mean, think about it. If you, you won fair and square, you're going to be like, bring on the audits. Yeah, let's have the recounts. Yeah, sure, let's take a look at it. No big deal. But the very fact that there is vehement legal and political and, and, and then censorship, you can't even talk about election fraud 
is enough to show you that you got to look more closely at. So I think what they're scared about is not disinformation, it's information. They're not scared about lies, they're scared about the truth coming out. So this is a case ba basically where the consiglieres of the Corleone family are like, listen, people start starting to talk about the mafia. Pretty soon people will believe that there is a mafia. We better shut them down and make, you know, we need a committee to make sure that the mafia remains a fiction in most people's mind. Dinesh, I know where I will be watching this film. I'll be watching it with you next week in Florida, but everyone else wants to watch this too. How, where, when, how can people get their hands on this? Well, you got to go to the website, which is 2000mules.com. Remember, we're living in an age of censorship, so you can't go the normal places, local listings for the theater. You can't go to, like, Apple iTunes or Amazon Prime. But if you go to 2000mules.com, five different ways to watch the movie. There's a virtual premiere you can watch at home. There's a limited theatrical. You can order DVDs. It'll be eventually in digital download. Put in your credit card, one click, boom, you can watch it. I'm going to make this movie such that the left cannot take it down. Dinesh, thank you so much for what you do, my brother. I'll see you next week. My pleasure. All right. It's time to lighten the mood next. But before we get to that, I know you hate communism. So do I. And I know you do enjoy history. We have a special coming. Drops tomorrow on Che Guevara. You know, that guy you see all the college kids wearing T-shirts with his face on it. Yeah, he was a murderous piece of trash. And we're going to expose that. In fact, we have a very special guest coming on for that special who knows everything about this guy. He is going to reveal some things to you that might just make your son or daughter take that stupid T-shirt off. But if you want to watch it, you have to become a First TV supporter. Go download the First TV app and become a supporter today. Or go to thefirsttv.com slash support. We'll be back. All right, it's time to lighten the mood. Now, obviously, we haven't covered the Johnny Depp, Amber Heard, divorce, defamation, disgustingness, because honestly, I find it disgraceful as a nation that we cover these things on television, that people are sitting at home right now just watching this thing. I, I think it's terrible. But there is one very important thing that happened, and, well, we thought, we thought you should see it. You're a lot bigger than Amber, correct? Physically? wouldn't say that. It's not funny. It's not funny. Don't forget. Don't forget. Tomorrow, the Che Guevara special. Go become a First TV supporter. We're going to have some fun. I'll see you then. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. 
Hollywood is under siege from external forces. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover. Brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. The 2024 election is upon us, and now is the time to fight back against the war on masculinity in American society today. Thankfully, the patriots at Chalk, C-H-O-Q, are here to help real American men maximize their masculinity by boosting testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. I've been taking a male vitality stack from Chalk for like three years now. It is incredible. They are here to help make American men strong again. Testosterone testosterone fueled again maximize your masculinity today at choq.com use the code jesse for a massive discount on any chalk subscription for life choq.com code jesse limited time offer subscription cancelable at any time Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. Are there any moments or spots on any of the sets we worked on over the seven years that you guys felt more at home that were like your little spots on the set you like to hang out? I'm afraid it was the sink. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yeah. You had to act by the sink a lot. Yeah. I was behind the counter. Yeah. Right. Doing business constantly. Uh-huh. Mom stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> Disciplining you Amazing. in some way. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts.